The opinions expressed in the following podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide education and entertainment about the financial industry and the stock market. Enjoy. On this episode of Pennies Going Home Raw, we interview Big Cheds, our very first cryptocurrency interview, and he talks all things crypto, how he traded through his cancer treatments, and much, much more. Let's get it. Hey, yo, check one, two. This is Flavor Flav in the building for the Atlas crew. Atlas trading, what the fuck is up? They're traders, they're prodigies, and then there's legends. Rob, 4%, baby. No way. 4% fucking percent. Bye. The fing dip. Hey, who told me about IDEX? Like, dude, what the fuck? Like, someone just made, like, a m- lot more money than me on my trade. You find out life's this game of pennies. Did you check the portfolio? Pennies, pennies, pennies. The margin for error is so small. I bet Warren Buffett never did that. And they out here making money right now off of penny stocks. The two guys is putting their work to make y'all rich. The pennies we need are everywhere around us. Time to think big. Pennies going in raw. Featuring Dan, Deity at Dips, and Hugh Honey. Produced by Vinny Strokes, baby. This episode is brought to you by Benzinga. Benzinga is our absolute favorite resource to use when we trade. We use it for news scanners. We use it for float checkers. We use it for stocks screening we use it for just about everything including chat rooms and and much much more uh but that's not all they have they have youtube as well hot stocks luke every single day has great guests on ranging from ripster to mia khalifa to gary to to all the best guests you need to hear from every single day all day long so make sure to go check that out that's youtube.com forward slash benzinga and if you look in the replies to this tweet you will see how to get a discount code for Benzinga Pro. Make sure to go sign up for Benzinga Pro right now. This episode of Pennies Going In Raw, we have respected member of the crypto community, Big Cheds. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, bro. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Uh, depends who you ask. I don't know if I'm respected or not, but I'm definitely a member. So, I mean, when you're a crypto guy and a, and a best-selling author at the same time, you know, that gives you some credentials. Yeah, we do what we can, man. We're just trying to have fun here. It's a great community. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So we always kind of start to introduce our guests. Kind of like give us your background. Were you just buying weed in 2012 on Silk Road and just found some leftover? Or how did your whole crypto journey start? So I'm actually, so I'm best known from Twitter at Big Cheds. Uh, I got started on Twitter trading in the OTC penny stock market. um, And I became a little bit of a newbie helper. So I started back in like 2013, 14 with the pot stock boom. uh, And I got heavily involved in like OTC back then. I started to learn that charting worked. uh, And I really started to to put my head down. And for several years, I just learned how to chart. uh, And around 2017, my good buddy, a good buddy of mine at Big Chonus on Twitter, you know, was showing me his iPhone Coinbase and I saw like Ethereum and Litecoin. And my first thought was, why does he have precious metals on his phone? Like, I didn't get it. Like, what what is an Ethereum? Why does he have, you know, 
rocks on his phone. But I love I love charting things. And I started tweeting out Litecoin charts and Bitcoin charts. And all of a sudden, retweet, like, retweet, comment. And I was like, oh, okay, like there's a community here, you know, and I kind of leaned into that. At that almost exact same time, I was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, so I, shit. I started going through, I had stage three uh, lymphoma. I had like a big, like a tumor in my armpit. I had one like in my, in my hip and I started going through chemo. So I'm in like, uh, it's like Bitcoin 20K and like chemo for big sheds. But, but I had crypto and Bitcoin and I could focus on that and not like my treatment. So it always meant a lot to me. Um, you know, from there, my account blew up. I became a founding analyst at Bitcoin Live back in 2018, best in class uh, educational platform for crypto. Uh, I was on CNBC Africa, crypto trader with Rand Nooner, a, a couple of stuff, things like that kind of helped me grow. You know, fast forward a few years later, I'm, I'm a CMT level one chartered market technician. I'm a Japanese candlestick guy. I, I love classical charting and trading psychology and all that. I love playing poker. I kind of add that to the mix. <laughs> that one was tough because at first, my very first question, I was like, you know, you, you like to, you said you like to chart. So does that mean you were, yeah. you were a big day trader before? But then now I'm like, no. well, is the cancer cleared up? Like I've got a yeah. lot of now. You're hey, good. That's awesome, good. man. That's Thank awesome you, to hear. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome, man. I was lucky though. So my cancer, the average age was like, uh, was like 80. And I was, I was uh, 39 when I was diagnosed. So I was like, you know, I'm good. I'll beat this. And I had like uh, world-class medical marijuana and that helped me out a lot. Uh, like almost no side effects from treatment. And I'm a big proponent of that. I actually wrote a memoir on that, on cancer, my cancer journey. And I talk, talk a lot about how that helped me. Um, so I was lucky. I know other people who had it way worse. So, but it made me appreciate stuff. And I'm just, whatever I do, I'm trying to do it well. It's truly incredible. Like, That's incredible. It, like what, it's almost like a, you know, here. you finally, you find your passion and then yeah. it's like uh, something crazy happens. And then, and then you have to like, it, it's such a fork in the road, but you managed to, to conquer it. Dude, that. It's funny that you mentioned that. Cause we, some of the people that we talked to and even me like found or, or Dan found, you know, trading because of, cause of like a setback. And like, I found trading cause like a health issue, you know, one of our best friends, PJ, you know, started with uh crypto mining cause of health issues. So you know, I mean, that's just that's just awesome. But it, but it's awesome to hear that you're doing well now. Hey, um, thank you, man. You guys look good. I like your energy, so I appreciate you having me for sure. Hell yeah. Um, so I guess kind of moving into it, you you said you guys started by just like posting these Litecoin charts and all these other charts and for stuff. crypto. Yeah, yeah. Did you just learn charting because because of crypto? No, no. So I I started charting probably ten plus years ago, but I started taking it seriously back in 2014 uh, with the pot stocks. Uh, on the OTC yeah, yeah, penny yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, and I started to really get into Japanese candlestick signals and I kind of became the candlestick guy, uh, read several books on it and I've been teaching them now for years. <coughs> and then I really started, uh, you know, I wanted to know what's my weakness. My weakness was classical charting. So I studied classical charting and then I did the CMT to kind of get all well-rounded. I like crypto because it, there's always liquidity. So you can, you can trade anything, you can chart anything with liquidity. And uh, that's why I love it. And it's 24 seven. So, you know, you can lay in bed at night, check the, the price, you know, put out a tweet, wake up, you know, do the same thing. It's pretty cool. Which ones are you kind of like big on and then iffy yeah. on? Because I mean, there's such there's I, I mean, especially in the past two weeks. I mean, you mm -hmm. see come rocket coin, ass token, movies, yeah. you know, all this just random ass shit. Like where where do you draw the line? So. I'm 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 a little more conservative maybe than most and um so you know, none of them matter the projects they could all go to zero that doesn't matter for me I I trade price action 
I believe in the efficient market hypothesis, the semi-strong version, which means that all public information is already baked in. So all I have to do is look at a chart uh, that bakes in everything. People can say what they want. They have their own opinion. You know, that's irrelevant. The price decides. So I study the price. Uh, I only really hold Bitcoin, Ethereum. I have a little bit of Link. I have some ZRX. My wife has some LTC, which she's finally uh, green on again. So I only have like, you know, I only really hold a small amount. Everything else, I trade it. Um, I like to be in cash. So I make a profit, I'm out. You know, I don't, I don't marry these things. I don't hold them. I don't know anything about NFTs or DeFi. I don't do that as much really at all. I just stick to what I know, price action on liquid charts. Uh, that, and that's, that's it. That's awesome. Because so, I mean, you know, you think about most Bitcoin guys, you think they're hodling. But you're yeah. actively trading this. I mean, you have your holds, but you trade yeah. around your core. And I think that's incredible because it, I mean, especially for people trying to learn how to chart, because I mean, all these cryptos, they follow charting methods um, very well. I don't, I'll be honest, uh, your, your Japanese candle thing, uh, mm. that, that's a little above me. Um, I wouldn't think so. Don't, it's, you, you, know, you can simplify it, right? It's the candlestick is a, um, a representation of the psychology of that session. Okay, that day, right? So if you have a big, long, lower shadow, right? Like, you know, the, the lower wick, bulls mm -hmm. came in and bought the price up. That shows evidence of bulls kind of projecting lower prices. So if you see like four of those candles in a row with lower shadows, you're thinking, all right, bulls are kind of buying the dip here. There's little things you can pick up on it without it being too complicated. If you just look at candle shadows, the size of the candle bodies, where it is, you know, like upper lower Bollinger or where it is in the channel, depending on whatever you you use, moving averages. Um, I mean, if you just get the simple the simple parts of the candlesticks down, it can help you a lot. You yeah, know, it doesn't it, have to be you know complicated. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, someone who we interact with a lot, a trend spider. I don't know if you've ever seen them on. I don't know how much you interact. Yeah, I work with them. Yeah, Jake. Oh yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, Jake. Yeah, exactly. They. Um, I know their raindrops people. are really similar. Yeah. Their raindrop patterns are really similar to. Uh, Japanese, and that's kind of where they, uh, you know, where that derived from, and that's actually where uh, I have an entire scanner for options for like weekly options uh, moving into the next into the next week. So I, I've never mm. really, I've never really dove too deep into it, but I do, I, I understand, you know, how useful that can be, and I think that that's a really cool system uh, when you kind of actively trade them. You know, I mean, obviously, crypto is twenty four seven, so. Are you like, you know, 2 a.m. on like a Saturday? Yeah, what are your hours? Yeah, like, do you kind of have like mm -hmm. a set schedule to where you're saying like, this is most liquidity, this is where like the volume is, um, mm -hmm. or, or, or is it kind of like, okay, if, the, if it hits my support or it hits my range, is, mm -hmm. or, you know, kind of walk me through your process. Yeah, those are great questions. Um, you know, I, I try to not let it define my life. So I am sleeping yeah. like seven hours a night. Oh, awesome. I'm usually, okay. I'm playing like video games for a couple hours before bed. You know, I'm waking up and checking the charts on my phone, uh, but I'm not really actively trading unless I see volume, I see liquidity. Um, so let's say I wake up at like whatever, seven o'clock. I'm definitely thinking big board uh, equity markets. I'm checking to see what's happening pre-market. I'm setting some low ball, uh, like a weekly, uh, or I'm sorry, monthly option calls and puts and all that. So I'm scanning the market and then nine to four, I'm pretty much trading big board, but I'm always keeping an eye on Bitcoin I, because people rely on me to, to keep them informed. And like what I do on Twitter is observations. I don't tell people to buy or sell. I say, testing this level, testing this level, watch out for this, this and that. So I'm always, I always feel like I have to stay uh, in touch with Bitcoin. So unless yeah. I'm sleeping, I'm watching Bitcoin. 
if there's activity, uh, if there's volatility, I will trade it. So I have different platforms I use, but I'm mostly doing equities during the day. 4.30, I switch my watch list. I'm really looking to see if there's opportunity. But then from there, I'm going to go play basketball. I'm going to walk around uh, and chill out. But if something happens, then I'm going to run to my computer and maybe try to take advantage of it. So it's opportunity basis, basically. It's all Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's not timing. It's not about the time. You know, it's yeah. like uh, people ask me, what's your target? I don't really use targets. I yeah. follow the price. I follow the trend. So, you know, most of the time doing less is more. And if you make one great trade, you know, that's great for the week. I mean, that, you know, one great trade can erase, you know, 20 losing trades if you've managed your risk on those losing trades and defined your risk. So it's really, it's just like poker. It's just wait for ace king, ace queen yeah. suit, and wait for like the better hands, that kind of thing. Yeah, I love that you're really preaching that because that's something that I feel like can really get, I mean, even, you know, I mean, stocks or crypto, you know, if you yeah. don't, I mean, you just got to trade what's in front of you. And if you don't, I mean, you'll, you'll get killed. Even if you think that Bitcoin is the future, um, you know, I mean, if the price action is telling you, you know, short-term bleeding, you know, you just gotta, you gotta take what's in front of you. Uh, so I, I love that. I think that, you know, when I was looking through your tweets, that's what I really saw was, you know, how you put the levels there. You know, you are a Bitcoin believer. Uh, I'll, I'll just, you know, I'm using yeah, that word lightly. I, I think, I think this is a good, like kind of transitional yeah. thing, like to, you know, you, you trade the coins, but what, a you know, what is the, what do you think is in store Ooh. for the future? Like, is so it's Bitcoin interesting. That's like, you know, it's asked, you're, you can ask me, but I'm not like, I, I'll come out and say, I'm not an FA. I'm not a fundamental analyst. I'm a technical yeah. analyst. So I, and you know, TA is actually historical price and uh, analyst. You look at what's already happened. It's all historical. Um, I understand enough to understand that the money supply, increasing money supply, the scarcity of Bitcoin, there's only a certain amount that can ever be made. Uh, there's a supply demand imbalance. There's not enough Bitcoin being mined every day to meet the amount that is being accumulated and taken off these exchanges to, to many people to store a value. So um, I think if they were going to kill it, they, you know, the powers that be, they would have killed it, you know, four five, six years ago. I yeah. think now that you have ETFs, you have these futures, you've got uh, corporate corporations have it on their balance sheet. It's It's just part of the system now. Um, I think it's here to stay. And of course, I'm biased because I hold it. And I say, I think it's going to be the future. But I have to at least be honest about my bias and say that yeah. I think it will be the future. Yeah, definitely. And thinking about this, one of the questions I always had for crypto Twitter was, um, so what I used to notice was that the the market would really be kind of inverse or it would kind of follow Bitcoin to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes, you, you know, sometimes you have complete inverse where other times I think it was like 2017. Uh, where Bitcoin took the market down with it. But now I feel like you kind of see like a complete inverse of the two. Um, you know, does that ever affect your decision or do you completely see them as two completely opposite entities? Well, they're both like either like risk on and risk off, right? Yeah. And there's that whole appetite of the investor and the trader class. Um, and I think there, there are times when there's very close correlation between Bitcoin and like the spy and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what, you know, along those lines, it's interesting to look at the weekends and you kind of see how equities close on Friday. And then what does Bitcoin and crypto do over the weekend? Yeah. And what's the open going to be like? So I think it's valuable to watch for correlation. And oftentimes, if you're trading, you can see like a breakdown in the QQQ or the SPY and then kind of see Bitcoin doing that as well. A, a lot of it is also connected to the dollar and what the dollar is doing. 
So we have to talk about the dollar and how that's affecting those as well, right? With the rising yeah. dollar puts the pr- downward pressure on equities, it's putting downward pressure on Bitcoin as well. So, but overall, like if you see Bitcoin starting to really take a beating or come, in, or come into a certain support, you're not grabbing spy puts immediately. Um, oh, um, n- well, no, I, and I don't do that generally as well. Yeah. Um, I would perhaps be less inclined to play like a bounce play on some uptrending on uptrend. I've identified like a dip entry and an uptrend. I might be less, I might have less risk appetite. If Bitcoin was going down because I saw like the spy crashing, that would make me more interested in Bitcoin. Understand. So you use it more of like a confirmation other than like a play, like a play mover. It's just more information to kind of get a sense of what the rest of the market is doing risk wise. Um, And it's actually good for them both to be going down because you want to be buying fear. You want to actually learn to, to really love fear and look for fear. Yeah. Other people are plan- panicking. One of my favorite things to say is the, the right time to buy Bitcoin is when other people are complaining about the price. Yeah. I mean, you adding right? when others are bitching is a but thing. It. It's, it's in it. stocks too. I mean, it's just one of those things that they're That's complaining, it. complaining for. Yeah, reason. bro. Um, but I guess kind of, you know, a big topic recently, uh, Dogecoin. Um, yeah. Do you, what, did you play the run-up to SNL or anything? Um, no, I tweeted it for others. I tend not to play hype events. Um, if I'm if I'm playing a hype event, I have to manage it. I don't really like trades. I have to manage at this stage uh, of my life. Like there, I, I had like an XRP short like four months ago when they announced like uh, some security thing, and I like I was managing that all night and I couldn't sleep because I had money in it. So I just let others play it. It's actually still pretty bullish. You play the yeah. rising moving averages. I didn't play it. I actually wanted to short it at right after as I was planning on shorting it. And I, I like forgot I had some wine or whatever Saturday night and I woke up and I was like, oh yes. man, I should have shorted that, you know, but it was things rise in anticipation. You know, you, you, you know, you buy the rumor, you sell the news. I anticipated Doge selling off on Friday rather than Saturday. So it's a little bit late, uh, but it's still rather bullish, you know, 42 cents is a buy the dip zone, or at least it was last time I looked at the chart. I guess continuing on with that is like, you know, so many people are on it now and, and there's so many mm-hmm. questions. About, do you think like the unlimited supply is a concern? Because obviously that's such a big yeah. Bitcoin. Yeah, like um, I said, I'm not I'm not a fundamental analyst, but but from what I understand about market cap and supply, that 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 is an issue because it's not decentralized. I think one one wallet has like 30 percent of the active supply. Um, you can see, you can look at the chart and you can look at the volume on each candle and you can see where people have accumulated and you can see that people are just holding onto it. And I think a lot of people will never sell until Elon tells them to sell or yeah. uh, because they literally think it's going to be the currency of Mars. I mean, they, they think that. And, you know, we all have friends or people we know when, when they think something and you can't convince them, like, oh, you say, okay, fair enough. You just accept it. You can't argue with the brick wall for too long. Uh, but I mean, hey, if it becomes the global currency of Mars, those dudes are going to have some crazy Mars houses. One thing that uh, I found interesting about what you said was that 30% of it was owned by one wallet. And yeah. I think that's cool because one of the things that a lot of people would always say, like, you guys don't know what you're talking about when talking about crypto. Q over here says something similar about Bitcoin. You know, the rug pool can happen anytime uh, just because of the small amount of people that own it. I love it. I love it. I mean, you have to, people are looking to accumulate. There's not enough supply to meet the demand. Yeah. Uh, you have institutional demand, you have retail demand. Um, you know, that being said, we've had an incredible run. We haven't tested 
uh, key support around like 42K, which I've been looking at. But like even like a massive, you know, panic flush to like 36K, that's if you go back to a weekly chart or a monthly chart, that's fine. It's still like a yeah. super duper uptrend. You have to think about time horizon. Uh, can it be dumped by small groups of people? If it does, it's temporary because now it'll be even more decentralized if they do that. It's just mm. fine. Then it just now more people have it and they're going to keep holding, hodling it or whatever. Yeah. And not have small groups of people yeah. uh, owning third. You know, it's called, I forget the exact numbers, but 30, 40% of it. Yeah. That definitely. I don't think that's close to accurate. No, I, I, I just read a blue. I'm pretty article. sure you said, I'm pretty sure he said like way bigger numbers too. So no, maybe no, 40% is what I, is what I read. Hang on. I, I don't think so. No, I mean, I, I think it is just so interesting because there, there's so many things like with it. Do you think, other, like, are there yeah. certain coins that follow trends better than others and ones that are kind of dissociated yes. from, or could you kind of hint us in on this? So you want to think about the concept of relative strength. Throughout the normal course of events, maybe over like a three or four week period, you could pick maybe five or six that have been really strong. And then when you have those moments where the, where the whole market flushes eight to 10%, you know, 15%, you want to target the ones that had been relatively stronger because they're going to bounce quicker. Those are the ones that recover quicker. Those are the ones with the lighter, the weaker sell volume on those kind of breakdown candles. So every time there's a market-wide flush down, every, all traders drop to 15-minute chart, one-hour chart. And you can see the ones that put in the, the higher low first. You can see the ones that break the lower high first. Stick with relative strength, right? So it's been like Uni and Dot and Ada and XRP and Soul and Link and a bunch of other ones that 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 are more fringy that I don't play. Like I don't know, like Cake or. So you have uh, a do not trade list for cryptos too. Uh no, I'll trade anything with liquidity. I, you okay. know, I tell you, okay. I played penny stocks. I played micro cap. Like I, you know, this stuff is way cleaner. Join so, the club. You know exactly. <laughs> so I'll, this stuff's just fine for me. Okay, so I did find the article. Yeah. Okay. There are around, a, this is from Business Insider. Okay. I, I, I literally haven't fact checked any of it, but the article that I was talking about, there are a thousand individuals known as Bitcoin whales who own 40% of the market. This, this came out in February. Um, yeah. That's what I was Let's referencing. Show that. Thousand people, though. Like, do that's they, a I good mean, bit, you know? I mean, thousand people, like how many of them even know? They, each one of them maybe knows a few people on that list. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like they have a club. They sit around and drink champagne. And a couple of them are probably drug dealers from Silk Road. Like, yeah, lost their computers. (laughs) I'm such a conspiracy nerd. I feel like a thousand people live in one building. Right, uh, right. Yeah, I wish. We're selling. We're selling, boys. I know, right? (laughs) It's 2 a.m. on a Saturday. Everybody get the fuck up. (laughs) That's it. That's how right. how did you handle uh you know when these a thousand people last March decided to sell at one time and it dropped to nine k or not nine k like to three or four k mm-hmm. uh, how was that whenever they conspired that one against you right right I mean that was a crazy uh, everything that happened in the world was crazy um, I focus a lot on sentiment you know like during these big drops and stuff so I observe social media I, I kind of like it, I have a sixth sense about like when the bottoms and tops are uh, like. When we topped out at 64K and like XRP and TRX and all these like, in my mind, like garbage cryptos were running like crazy. I just, I was just like, I tweeted out too much enthusiasm, right? It was just too much enthusiasm. You can feel it. And back in March was the, was, was the opposite of that. There was so much apathy. There was so much like despair. 
and you're like, all right, we got to be close to a bounce. Um, but it's hard when you're in the moment. You can be rational, you can be logical, but like when you see the red and you keep hitting refresh, and we all get shaken, right? Mm -hmm. We all get shaken. Even though I could have been waiting for that four thousand dollar level, you know, forever. Once it gets there, you're like, well, what if it goes to three thousand? What if it goes to you know twenty five hundred? You wait, you wait. So you have to have conviction in those moments. You have to be able to look at weekly charts, moving averages, uh, but also have a good trade plan with a stop loss, just like anything else. Uh, so what would you kind of advise people that want to get into crypto, whether it be holding it, obviously holding it, you get in on dip and you hold, uh, but for trading it, does it all just come to knowing your charts? Well, you got to start, you got to start with my book, book of plug, course, book Trading plug. Wisdom. So we have Trading Wisdom. You can find that on your Twitter, right? Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. At Big Cheds and on Amazon. Uh, Amazon bestseller here, by the way. Heck yeah, we're, we're, I'm very blessed. So thank you. So uh, I mean, look, did you kind of talk about your book too? Yeah. I mean, once you, yeah. once you answer that too, no doubt. So check it out. So I started back, you know, back in 2014. Uh, I really started getting into Twitter. I created ChedsTrading.blogspot.com. It was all about the mistakes I was making. A lot of them are like in the book. And it's like, I would lose money in something and then I'd come back and like, feel like I had to make that money back in that same play. Yeah. And like, I didn't realize I had a bad read. I had a bad feel. I kept losing more in that. So that's just like one lesson, right? Sell and move on. So I just talk about that, right? And then there's other lessons like buy the fear, sell the greed. That's another lesson. So I have 50 of those lessons. I took years of my work on my blog at Bitcoin Live. I also studied for CMT, Chartered Market Technician. I took all my like study notes from the prep exams and all that. And I tried to make like it, it digestible and relatable for people. Cause like I'm I'm the noob helper. I'm the newbie guy. And I'm the guy who replies to everybody and has been for years. It's just interesting. It's human interaction. And I, I rolled into a book. Uh it's it's working out. I hope it makes a difference. And I'm very excited to, to kind of get it out. So thank you for for letting me talk about that. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, clearly yeah. it's doing wonders. Um, you know, I mean, this thing, Heck I was yeah. looking at it before we hopped on, uh, you know, this thing is just spread, you know, it really seems like word of mouth. It doesn't just seem like, you know, 10,000 people that, that you know bought it. It seems like, uh, you know, it's just kind of word of mouth traveling, uh, which, is, which is awesome for you. I mean, that's got to be a really great feeling, um, you know, that the entire point of the book was to help people. And uh, and spreading by word of mouth. That's awesome. Thank you, man. Definitely. It's I mean, it's I made every mistake, so it's relatable. And it, you know, I tried to make it not too crypto because I just talk about. I actually had from my original notes where I said like Bitcoin. I changed to like your favorite stock. You know, I tried to make it more applicable. The book in general is risk management. Um, if people are new to crypto, well, I have my blog chedstrading.blogspot.com. On Twitter, I have great people for you to follow uh, who are also great chartists to get you started. But you need to, if you're, if you have any kind of money, right? Uh, if you want to do crypto for 50 bucks, 100 bucks, you know, whatever, right? But if you have any kind of serious money, you have to respect that money. Uh, grab a textbook and, and study it, right? Read a textbook, even though it may, it may suck and you may hate doing it, like you need to respect your money. I know I, I've done it and I've known a lot of people who will put like $10,000, $15,000 in a trade and still have no idea how to read a chart. Like that's, that's no good. You know, respect your money put in the time and take it seriously. That's what I would recommend to someone getting started. Hey, that's awesome. And Chad's, it also feels like you're a lot nicer to people than, uh, than we are. Like we, we have a few guys that'll reach out to us and like, Hey man, like I just lost like 30 grand. Like I bought Doge at 74. And we're like, what the fuck? 
So it sounds like Chet's yeah. also significantly uh, nicer than uh, than we are. I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't say that. I'm just I'm just trying to be nice. You know, that's all I can say. But we that's do awesome. have um, one thing in common, and that is we both frequent Benzinga. Um, you have a show on Benzinga, do you not? Yeah, Monday night, seven to eight, uh, making bread with cheds. Making awesome. bread with cheds. I like it. Um, just live trading or talking Q and A. What's what's going on there? So for the first about an hour, for the first uh, twenty minutes, I kind of overview what's going on with crypto, get people caught up. I have a lesson of the day where I talk about risk management. You know, I pick a lesson from the book, and then I bring on a guest for the, like about a half an hour. Uh, it's someone who sees things differently than me. Some kind of a fundamental analyst. We've had great guests so far, so I try to make it like a nice open conversation. And like the book, I try to make it relatable. I try to make it so that people who aren't looking at this stuff all the time, I want them to be able to get something from it. All right. And one one more thing, a little diving, diving into stocks. Do, do you think of anything about any of the crypto-related stocks, the miners, like the yes, Coinbase? Definitely. Do you, what, what do you think about them? Yeah, let me pull it up. So I actually follow them closely. I had been watching like Mara and Riot. And um, I've been watching them right around their like 200 uh, uh, moving average. I'm just going to check on my screen. You know, my, you got MicroStrategy, you know, PayPal, Square, some of these kind of, you know, crypto adjacent ones. But I've really just been trying to trade Mara and Riot and they've just been disappointing me recently. Um, you know, I've been trying to yeah. come in and catch a bounce and there hasn't really been uh, much of a bounce. Um, I will say that when... When Bitcoin makes like a convincing move and we'll know, I mean, there's times when you kind of know what it's doing and we're consolidating now, but there's times when you know, you know, you go to bed and you wake up and you're pretty sure it's going to be a thousand, two thousand higher. You know, that's the time to go long on Mara, Riot, you know, PayPal, some of these other ones. Give yourself six, eight weeks on an option call and just kind of let that play out. It's when it's chopping, it's so hard to know because when Bitcoin's chopping, those other, those big boards will all, will be drawn down by whatever else is going on with the market. You know what I mean? And it's been rotational and there's been all this like seesawing of, of stuff. So you got to be careful not to get chopped. Yeah, uh, we, we've definitely noticed the dissociation between Bitcoin price and those. And it seems yeah. like it just has to break like significant levels. Either new high or hit 60 again. Yeah. Because you know, yeah, it really does suck when you think, oh, these are finally going to heat up. They're beaten down so bad. Some of them are like all-time lows, like Ebon and stuff like that. And it's, you know, you think you're catching the balance and you just get another, you just get fucked again. But I you do like fucked. the six to eight week out option plan. We always mention that. For Dude, us. I've been telling you, like, it's taken me, it took me so many years to not lose money at options. And it really was only like last year. Um, I would just donkey off money. I mean, you you know what I'm talking about. And um my, the trick that has helped me is like never averaging down on anything like less than three or four weeks in expiration, like never average. If I want to add more exposure, I take an, another call and I go further out in time. So if my like June calls are down 30%, I'll open up a July call. So I'm kind of like further it. reducing my yeah. volatility each time yeah. I like add, you know what I mean? And yeah, that's helped I, me a lot. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I used to just piss money away in, in high school on uh, options. And so now I kind of follow like, Anything like it has to be underneath like 120% vol. Um, like something like I was short Nicola in November for the lockup period, and nice. uh, I would kick, I was kicking myself because I had common short, but I didn't take the puts because the yeah. vol was so high. And I was like, yeah. come on, like I know this thing, but uh, yeah, 
but you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I won't, I won't stray from 120 vol. If I want to put more than, you know, let like risk management wise, if I want to put, let, you know, let's call it more than like, uh, you know, like let's call it 10 grand or something, then I'll take a spread on it. You know, I won't take anything that's less than a week out, you know, from trading like spy options or something. So, yeah. so I definitely like, there's money to be made, but also uh, the way that I look at it is that it's always dead money to me. Um, it's always dead money. And, and that's kind of how I think of it is that like, it's either bank or bankrupt and, you know, not straying Ooh. from those rules has really helped me. Well, I think that's a great call. I think whatever your rules are, it has to be individual to your trading style. There's really none yeah. that one fits all. You got to stick to your rules, whatever you, you know, you come to. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, I think that clears it up for me. Uh, you, you good? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think just the, the last thing is, uh, you know, is there anything that you want to, I mean, I know we went through your show, your book, um, you know, your Twitter. Yeah, what else you got to plug, man? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Anyway. Anything that we can, you know, I mean, uh, this has been super useful. I, kind of like a LinkedIn or something. Yeah, no, got, I'm just on Twitter. I'm on yeah. uh, I'm on Tinder. Uh, no, oh, I'm, uh, <laughs> married man on Tinder. I know, right? Don't Cold. tell my wife. Yeah, oh, yeah. I would say yeah, no I would Mrs. Say Cheds. You, <laughs> I know, right? She doesn't watch this. Luckily, well, my girlfriend <laughs> watches. No, but um, <laughs> yeah. So I would say if you if you want serious TA, uh, join Bitcoin Live. That's an ass. Which, which founding analyst hits an ass and technical analyst. <laughs> um, Check that out. Read my book. I have like a recommendation for a good, like a leverage trading site for crypto. If you want, I can, you know, give you guys a link or whatever. Um, but I would say like respect your money. That's the big thing. Yeah. If you're going to put any money in it, uh, put a little bit of time and effort and it will pay off in the long run and expect it to suck. Like you have to make mistakes to learn from them. Like those, the, those are your investments. You dropped 5G in a trade. You just paid for that lesson. You better learn it and not and not have to pay for it again. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love that. I was uh, Friday night, I had a few beers and I was uh, tweeting about the top five, according to this article, the top five salaries for, um, you know, top five highest paying average salaries. Uh, all of them were either like, you had to be like Zuckerberg, Gates, something like that. Or you had to go to school for eight years. Seven years, yeah. Yeah, seven yeah. or eight years. Um, and you know, most of the time you had to spend three, five, seven hundred thousand dollars in uh Jesus. that's hard. And you could just buy GameStop at ten and sell it at four hundred. That's easy. Yeah. That's uh, it, baby. Yeah. That's and it. this was like the only job that I could compare, you know, some that kind of money and that kind of uh, you know, th that really stature to. And uh, I think it's so important, you know, like that that tuition, you know, like trading, it feels like everyone just wants to come in, make money instantly. And uh, and so I love that you preach that about, you know, respecting your money, because that's that's so important. You know, if you, if you have no money to trade with, then, you know, then you're not going to make anything. You know, no. so awesome. You know, I learned a lot going into this. I really thought that this is going to be, you know, purely crypto based and, and Chad's you have you really covered all the bases. I think. Oh, shucks. <laughs> so, okay so no more crypto nerds after this and we got yeah. covered but uh no man we really appreciate you coming on and uh hopefully we can you know don't be a stranger we'll interact on twitter when we hit yeah. 70k on bitcoin bro. yeah hit me up man i appreciate what y'all are doing i hope you're staying safe and uh i hope you're enjoying yourself that's about it you know thanks all right, man. we'll take care all right cool we'll see ya see you man peace <laughs>